0: Tonight. Amen. Everybody ready? Thank y'all for coming. You're a blessing. I'm proud of our church. Proud of being a I'm thankful, me and Pastor thankful to be ministers and called of God. It's a blessing. Hallelujah. And everything's turning out amazing. Hallelujah. We are at the right place at the right time. And we are having divine happenings. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I think I'll tell a joke. <laughs> okay, there was a, a Christian woman and an atheist woman that lived right next door to each other. That could this could be my story. And the Christian woman liked to pray on the front porch. That's me. I <laughs> know. Anyway, so the Christian woman, they were going through some financial difficulties, and so she prayed and she said she said, "God, send food." Lord, send groceries. God, please send food. The atheist woman heard her and hollered from her porch, There is no God! And uh, so the next morning, she went out on her porch to pray again, and there was groceries sitting all over the front porch, sacks of groceries. And she said, Thank you, God, for the groceries. The atheist woman was hiding in the bushes, and she said, God didn't send those, I did. And the Christian woman said, Thank you, God, for sending groceries and making the devil pay for it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may have heard that before. But anyway, I enjoyed it. Thank you, Lord. We're going to talk about tonight something different. We're still on, we're still not through with our healing series, but uh, the Holy Ghost interrupted me this morning. I was actually preparing something, and I think it had something to do with the holidays, and I was going to need more than one week to do what I was about to do on healing. And uh, I've been meditating on this a while, and and thinking about it in just a general sense. And then this morning, as I was preparing healing, that God just dropped this whole sermon down in me, and that's the way I like to get them best. When you don't have to dig them out, they just fall on you. And so um, I'm titling this tonight, How to Get Blessed in Church. Hallelujah. You know, if we're going to come and take all the effort it takes to come, I want to get blessed. I don't want to just fulfill some obligation. And if you think that God's just putting stars on your chart in heaven just because you show up, then, you know, that's really not how it works. Hallelujah. There's a lot of people showing up that aren't getting anything. And uh, we need to get something when we come. And a lot of it's up to us, especially in a church like this where the Word is so available and the prayer and the Holy Ghost is moving. It's up to us how much we get. Hallelujah. So i had been meditating. Turn over to Isaiah 12, verse 3. Uh, Praise God. Yeah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the Word. And uh, I've been thinking about um, a lot of times when we have a guest speaker coming, uh, we will talk on Monday night prayer or sometimes on Sunday morning prayer. We'll talk about, now y'all draw this morning. Put a draw on this ministry gift. And I, I I got to thinking about that a while ago and thinking, you know, I think there's some people that really don't know how to draw. When well, we say draw and they go, I, I don't really know how to do that. And it's really pretty simple. And so we're just going to kind of spell it out tonight. What it is that will draw what you need out of the service. What it is that will draw not only what you need, but what somebody else needs out of the service. And I know the hour that we're going into... Um, God wants us to change the whole atmosphere of our services. Remember when when God said, this church won't even be recognizable by this time next year. Well, that could mean a lot of things, but one thing I know it'll have to mean is our services will be probably flowing differently and looking differently. I think we've personally come a long way. I can remember when uh, there was, I believe there's a new level of worship that probably wasn't even here maybe a year or two ago. Uh, the people you're responding and you're you're having a real heart to praise God and and I know I uh, it seems like my job is easier you know uh, it seems like it's few and far between when we come in on a Monday on Sunday morning for that that prayer time with the leaders of the church it it, it just seems like we don't start way down in the basement as much as we used to sometimes it used to feel like. We had to dig ourselves out of a grave nearly before we could even get up to just ground level. And uh, uh, and uh, and really our purpose in prayer, because you know a lot of things, uh, of course our purpose in prayer is to get God to answer our prayer and do what we uh, are asking Him to do in services, but uh, really um, we need to, we need to do that we come in you know and maybe we've been in Alabama football that night before we might have even stayed up late and I know that makes a difference so I'm always glad I even though I like football I'm glad to see it over because we get we eliminate one distraction and you know it just doesn't seem like anybody gets real distracted over Alabama basketball (laughs) Uh, even gymnastics they just don't get that distracted over you know but there is a, a certain distraction to the football and uh you know uh I think the love of football can make people do pretty crazy things. Um, Seems to me like more than any other sport. And I know there's people that absolutely love golf and everything, but it seems like football, people will do crazy things over that game. Uh, So um, anyway, um, but we come in here on Sunday morning, and what we're trying to do is get where when Garland steps up to, lead praise and worship, or the girls, whoever's doing it, that they're not starting way down, but they're are, they're, the service starts at a higher level. Because the higher level we start at, the higher level we'll finish at. And so that's a very important thing. And then my job even, when I get up after they've led worship, my job is to, to, to get, get it up to even another level of faith, so that when pastor stands up to minister... And I think sometimes I do a pretty good job of that, and I know there's been times when I should have sat down and and uh, I think I got it down to a different place. you know it's like I lowered it or something instead of or at least sometimes it feels that way to me, but really, that is my whole job and and everything so um you know, I don't know if y'all know this, and you need to know this because there might be a time when we're not here, in fact, there is a times that we're not here, but it's not a matter of just getting up and preaching and saying the word. You know, that's not all there is to it. You have to carry the service. I don't even know how to describe it, but somebody has to carry the service. And uh, I know if pastor's not here and I'm I'm ministering, there's been times I've said, no, I don't want you to go because I don't want to carry that all by myself. I just don't feel like I can do that. And then there's but there's people and all of you need to get to that place that that I could say, "Pastor, you go because so and so will help me carry it." Kevin used to say, "I could say Kevin will help me carry that service." Or Jonathan, "He'll help me carry this." He doesn't just walk in and do it. He carries it. You know? And so you're getting there and you're coming along and you're seeing that. And maybe you maybe I think by me sharing that, some of you will use your faith more to do that because, and maybe you just weren't aware that there's more to it than just getting up here. So uh, let's help pastor carry the service. Let's help me carry the service. Let's help whoever's here ministering in our place. Because when we're gone, we want it to be more than, well, somebody shared a little something. No, you need to help carry the service so people get healed, people get delivered. It's just like we weren't here. I mean, we were here. <laughs> Did I say that? It's the same, because you're you're carrying the service. Hallelujah. Okay, in Isaiah twelve three, Hallelujah. It says, "Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation." And a long time ago, of course, I'd read this before and everything, but. I don't guess I really had any revelation whatsoever about it. But I heard some ministers say the wells of salvation are the fivefold ministry. And so with joy, we draw water out of the wells of salvation. God puts a gift in men. He said He ascended and He gave gifts unto men. And He put those gifts on the inside of men, not for that man. In fact, that gift doesn't even work for that man. My gift does not work for me. My gift is for you. Pastor's gift is for you. It doesn't work for him. Uh, or- Oral Roberts, who had a gift of healing, it didn't work for him. It only worked for others. And so he had to get his healing just like any other believer would. And we have to get what we get just like any other believer will. But our gift is for you, and, and so how are you going to get that gift out? Or when, when Goss is here, what, how can you get more out? And how can we get so much out that when people come in that they go, I don't know what happened there, but something was all over me. See, that's, people don't come back because they didn't feel anything or get anything. And you think they can tell that we preach a better word than's out there, and we do. Don't be deceived. We preach a better word. And I'm not saying that pridefully. But uh, we don't have any compromise in our word and we're teachable and we're still willing to grow and learn and understand. In fact, we're still seeking to grow and understand. And uh, But a lot of times just the average person can't tell. You might have to stay here six months to say, I learned something I'd never heard before. You don't hear that in one service. You don't, And so people don't come back because... Because there wasn't enough being drawn out too it's not enough just for the pastor to be prepared. he always is. trust me, he always is. he spends his uh he spends the day Saturday preparing Saturday morning he's out here preparing Saturday night he's at home he's preparing, and then he's preparing all week and praying all week and uh hallelujah. And so it's more than that. It's about what we do and how we react. And so, how do we draw? That's what we need to know tonight. In Matthew um, 24, Hallelujah! I hope this don't turn into. <laughs> I was trying to teach preach this so it wouldn't be a continuation. And Hallelujah, gonna have to get going. Matthew 24:11. It's really warm in here to me. How many's warm? Everybody's warm. Can you just get us a happy medium? Don't send us over to frozen. Hallelujah. It's kind of hard this time of year, isn't it? It's like we're going, air conditioner heater, air conditioner heater, twenty four eleven. And many false prophets shall arise. That's not what I'm wanting. What am I looking for? Okay, skip that. Don't even know what it said. I didn't type it out. Let's move on. How do we draw from the wells of salvation? Um, One of the things we ought to know is what the words mean. Draw means to bail up. Water, draw water. Water symbolizes the Word or Holy Spirit, and it takes both. So we want to draw the water. We want to draw out the Word. We want to draw out the Holy Spirit. Joy, he says we draw water from the wells of salvation with joy. Joy means mirth, gladness, rejoicing, cheerfulness. But here's the one I like best. That word joy there means welcome welcome. And I think that when we draw, we have an attitude of, I'm welcoming this word. Okay? Okay. Uh, then we have the word wells, just as a source, means a source. And salvation means deliverance, aid, victory, prosperity, health, and help. So we draw these, this water out of the wells of salvation. In other words, what we're drawing out of this well is everything we need. Help, health, prosperity, victory, aid, and deliverance. Hallelujah. Uh, You know, uh, Pastor talked about Rebecca Sunday morning and how she came to draw water for her camels. The Bible says there uh, in... uh, uh, You know what that was? That's the Scripture. Genesis 24. Hallelujah, why I typed Matthew. Okay, so we won't go read it because we're running behind. But anyway, in Genesis twenty-four eleven through 19, it says, She came to draw water for her camels, and she brought a pitcher. And, you know, she's probably a pretty tiny little girl, so she's probably carrying a picture. I don't know how big, but I, and they may have even, she may have even carried it on her head. You know, sometimes they did that back then. And so she had a picture, and, and, but I, the point I wanted to bring out is that when she came to draw for her camels, she also drew for his camels, the servant of Abraham, his camels. and that's what we want to do as church members. We don't want to just draw out the aid, the salvation, the deliverance, the help that we need, but we need to draw for some other people and their camels, hallelujah, Two. Now, this little girl, to see how powerful this is, I don't know how many camels this servant brought with him, but a lot. And, uh, I looked up on ehow.com to see how much water a camel could drink. And it said these Arabian camels, which that's probably that was probably the kind they were, could drink uh, 30 gallons of water in 10 minutes. And uh, so, listen, what a commitment she made to be a drawer from the wells of salvation. And look at the reward she got. You know that even that song we listened to about, uh, let my daughters be like, uh, Sarah and Rebecca and Rachel and Leah who built the house of Israel because she was willing to draw for somebody else's camels. My point is, I believe that if we get a willing heart to really draw on the Holy Ghost and draw on the anointing and draw on the Word of God, not just for ourselves or not just when we have a need, but having a respect for the fact that there are other people that have real needs. I think sometimes we're too um, passive about visitors. In the sense of how many times, and I don't want you to raise your hand, are you praying for the visitor that's here and believing God for them to get something? Are we just passively letting them sit there and get what they can get? And they're not even able to get. You know, babies don't know how to, to drink through a straw. The babies sometimes don't even know how to nurse. You Sometimes the nurse at the hospital has to come in and teach the baby how to nurse At the breast. And so, certainly, Christian babies, they don't know how to drink. They don't know how to eat. They don't know how to draw. Hallelujah. But we can draw for them. We can draw a word of knowledge for them through the pastor. We can draw, uh, Lord, let them feel your presence. Let the presence of God come on them right now. Lord, I believe they need healing in their body. I sense that. Lord, let it come on them right now. And people that get a touch from God, they come back to where that touch was. And when they don't, they just go. Like I did when I I came to visit Alabama. Too hot, too many trees. And they come out here too far. Too far. But when they get touched from God, it don't matter. It don't matter what their friends think. It don't matter what their their mother thinks. It's like I got to get some more of that living water that I got a little taste of and a little drink of. So I think we have to activate ourselves to be like Rebecca and draw for somebody else. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, you know we've been studying healing, and a lot of people want to. You say, how many of you want to go lay hands on the sick and them recover? You want a healing anointing, and they say yes. But they don't even draw in church. If you, don't, if you can't draw, you can't transmit. If you can't draw from God, draw from the Holy Ghost, draw from the anointing, you'll never be able to transmit the anointing. And besides, I question, if you, don't even, if you come to church and you're just you know, out of it, and yet you want to be a, a healing transmitter, I think you just want to be a rock star. I think you don't have the right motive. Possibly, Hallelujah. So uh, we, need to, we need to want to draw. So we're going to learn how to draw tonight. Number one, the number one way, I believe this with all my heart, that you draw. And I've actually seen it sometimes when visitors or new people do this better than members, and that, ain't not, that should not be so. Hallelujah. We ought to be able to outdo a baby Christian every day. But the number one way that you draw from the wells of salvation is eye contact. Now, are you surprised about that? Something not spiritual, really, but really very spiritual in a way. Matthew 6, 22 says, uh, hallelujah. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. You draw from the Holy Ghost into your spirit through your eyes. Hallelujah. I looked up on body language. Do you ever watch I don't know if you ever watch The O'Reilly Factor. We watch it occasionally. Um, Right now I'm in a season where I'm pretty bored with it and I'm not watching it. Hallelujah. But anyway, there's times that I watch it because you learn things about the news. I'm interested in what's happening in the world. I'm kind of getting my what's happening in the world fix from Joe Joe Morris now on the EDU. Hallelujah. He He has things on the news that aren't on the news. Have you noticed that? I'm like, why didn't the news report that? i didn 't know did did it was it did i didn't know, but I listened today and I heard that uh these uh these uh something went off and these nuclear p- things went off in Iran this past week and and on the satellite pictures twenty mile radius, and they don't even know how it happened around the so anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting and i didn't hear that on the news and i'm watching for these things, but anyway um uh, hallelujah so um uh, uh, but on his show, sometimes he has this girl, and she's the body language expert. And so, whatever happened in the news that day, you'll say, Now, what? Now, when the way President Obama did that, how? What did that mean? And uh, it, the way he did this, what did that mean? And that guy that uh, up at uh, Penn State, they were body language in him. And, and when you uh, repeat the question, that means you're pretty much guilty. You're stalling for time. You're, uh, you know. Did, they talked about that a lot. Um, so um, anyway, so I looked up body language and what lack of eye contact meant. And what I did find was that eye contact means that you're welcoming or you are uh, you are very interested and you're welcoming. Uh, you have a positive attitude toward, to what's, what's coming forth. But, uh, you know, so many times in church services, this, we get people that are, down on their knees, I can't do it, but we could give demonstrations up here, or we get this hallelujah, hallelujah, or we get this. I don't want to do this cause I don't slide out on the floor. I could pretty much say you're not drawing if you're doing any of those. Hallelujah, you know sometimes people close their eyes, and this we've heard this excuse this week well. I, I'm really just shutting out everything around me because I don't want to be distracted. <laughs> I suggested to that person, you need to get on the front row. That will You will quit being distracted if you'll get on the first or second row. Am I right, Lisa? I am not very distracting very often. Sometimes I am, but not very often. But anyway, if you'll get up here, you won't be distracted. Hallelujah. I think we ought to make it a rule that if you're not going to draw, don't sit on the first three rows. If you're going to be a sleeper, get on the back row. Hallelujah. Myron, (laughs) I'm just kidding you, Myron. Um, uh, So number two, the number two way to learn to draw or how to draw is uh, listen on a heart level, not on just the surface level. You know, we've heard the excuse when people's eyes are shut, well, I'm resting, but I'm listening. Yeah, right, about this deep. Hallelujah. Or I'm praying. We've heard that a lot, and me and Pastor have. I'm praying. Hallelujah. Yeah, right. We don't want you to pray right then. We want you to draw. Hallelujah. Okay, listen on a heart level, not a surface level. Because you understand that the Holy Spirit has something to say to you. Did you know He has something to say to every one of us in every service? It might just be one little thing, but you've got to listen for that one little thing. God hides, He hides gems from us. Hallelujah. He hides them, so we'll listen. And there's something for you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. So you understand that. And you know that the Bible is talking to you. I know the Lord said to me today, He just said this phrase, My sheep hear. You know, we know the Scripture says in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, but He just said, My sheep hear. They are listening to hear. They want to hear. They're hungry to hear. They hear. And you got to hear below the surface. And the Holy Spirit may say something to you I didn't even say. And I know He will. Because He's done it to me before. And then He may say, there might be one thing I say. Sometimes I'll listen to Joyce Meyer's program on TV, and I'll get one thing out of a 30 or 20 minute, however long it is on TV. You know, I'll get one thing. She said one thing, but it helps me a lot. Or one thing off Brother Copeland's program. Or, you know, I, it's not often that I'm just... Now, at Goss, I tell you, I was just... Whoosh, 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 just like that. Because it wasn't just one thing. It was a download from the Holy Ghost. And I love I loved that. I love that. But some services, it's just one thing. But I'm determined every time I come to church, even if I'm just the pastor's wife, I still want the one thing. A lot of pastor's wives can't get anything from their husband. I know poor old Brother Barker. Lord help. And uh, his wife used to sit about where Jean is. Hallelujah. And she would sit there and twist her hair every week. Even one famous minister that you would know, uh, they told me, and he used to have morning meetings, and they, they said every Thursday morning while he preached, she cleaned out her purse. Well, wherever she was, on the front row or wherever, she you could set a clock by her. You knew it was Thursday because she started ripping out her purse and cleaning out and getting all the trash and all the Kleenexes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know how he got famous with help like that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, forgive me when I've been distracting. Forgive, the, forgive all of y'all, too, when you've been a distraction to other people. Hallelujah. <laughs> Kept them, you know. If you're not going to draw, at least don't keep somebody else from getting what they need. Hallelujah. What's your heart hearing? Not what are your ears hearing? See, your heart's hearing something tonight that 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 may not have anything or little to do with what your ears are hearing. Although this is the word, and have an attitude of looking for revelation, not information. You're not coming here to be educated. You're not coming here to be, uh, to become, to necessarily, uh, now sometimes, like at Bible college, we're coming for knowledge of the Word. But here, we're not coming for that on Wednesday night. We're not coming for that, especially on Sunday morning. We're coming for what the revelation of that day, not the information. We may even take a scripture out of context. Like I did just, I just took Rebecca and the camels totally out of context. Which would drive some people nuts. But, you know, I saw a principal there and I said, Hey, this is a principle of being willing to draw paid off for her. And so that but but if you were coming for Bible knowledge, that wouldn't be what you wanted to hear. And so we don't come for that. At least not every service. Number three, take notes. Now, your taking notes is not so you can impress me. And I know sometimes we go, well, do you want us to make eye contact or do you want us to take notes? Which one is it? Well, we want you to do both. We don't want you to just sit there and be a stenographer and transcribe the whole service because we want some eye contact. But we also don't... We, you need to write down some key thoughts because you think you will remember, but you won't. The Scripture reference that really speaks to you. You think you will remember, but you won't. I like to write down especially key words. Like it might just be one word, but it's a, you know, um, that scripture um, in 2 Corinthians 13, where he says, in the mouth of two or three witness, every word is confirmed. When you start hearing a word being repeated, you know God's saying a word. A word that's been hearing, I've been hearing a lot lately, is surprise, surprise. You know, Brenda Sutherland gave us a word about surprise. Then I remembered Steve Sampson had given us a word about God had some surprises up his sleeve. Then I was reading a prophecy by Brother Copeland that he gave this month, and it had the word surprise in it. It seems like the word surprise just keeps coming around, and that that God is trying to tell us, get prepared for a surprise. Because He don't want us to be so totally surprised that we miss it. He wants us to be ready, but He also knows that He's warning us that it's going to be difficult different than what we expected, maybe. So you listen for key words that God's saying to you. You know, for a while, one of the key words was keys. God's given us keys, keys, keys. He he said, uh, Steve Samson first started the word. He said, I'm going to lay a beautiful silver key in your hand. Hallelujah. And then we start hearing that word uh, for everything, keys. So we start praying for keys and we start believing for keys. Hallelujah. And then I saw keys coming with David Ellis. And then he, I didn't even tell him that. And he talked about keys. Hallelujah. So you listen for these key words and you write those down and that will draw on the Holy Spirit. One thing it shows the Holy Spirit, you appreciate what he's saying. And I get it. Holy Spirit, I get it. I hear. I see what you're saying. Now tell me more. If you're sitting there like, I didn't hear anything, he's sure not going to tell you more. Hallelujah. Okay, number four, be expecting something. When we expect nothing, that's exactly what we get. When we expect a little, that's what we get, a little. Hallelujah. Psalm 62, 5 says, my expectation is from him. You're not expecting Pastor Michael to jump through hoops, but he might if you'll draw enough. We saw a pastor one time, and well, it was the church we were going to, and I don't know what kind of draw was there, but he literally jumped over the pulpit. I mean, did that, put your hands in the middle of it, spread your legs over it, and jumped over it. Of course, he had big, long legs too, but i tell you what, hallelujah. If you'll draw, something will happen. You say, well, something, nothing's been happening much. We're not drawing enough. we got to draw more. If we want notable miracles, we're going to have to draw harder. And draw more. We want healings, and I do. We're going to have to draw on them, not passively. Well, when they come, they'll come, and we're praying for them on Monday night. And I know Miss Jean's praying for them, and that'll cover it. No, it's going to take. You know what? It's going to take all of us. It says in the, the of the, uh, the the disciples and the the hundred and twenty that they were in they were in the upper room, and they were in one accord. They were in prayer and they were in one accord. In other words, there wasn't some of them sitting over there playing checkers. There wasn't some of them sitting over there thinking, Man, when are we going to eat? You know, or whispering and talking about the latest gossip in Jerusalem. They were, they, were, they were united and they were in prayer and they were drawing on something and the place where they were at was shaking and the Holy Ghost came and we know, hallelujah, we know the story, but it's going to take us all. Now, it's not going to take every visitor that comes through the door, but it's going to take the members and the people that are here. You know, haven't we been around long enough that, that, that we don't have to just be drawing for our own help me, Lord. Lord, help me. Lord, save me. Lord, deliver me. Lord, hallelujah. I mean, I want you to get something, but I want to, I want to get to the place where I can draw for other people. And I believe if we'll be like Rebecca and we'll draw for others, God will give us something bigger than we could have thought of. And we'll get a breakthrough in the area where we've been just, you know, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Philippians 1, 19 and 20. Let's go there. I think I know what Philippians 19 says, but I'm not sure what 20 says. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation. If we get to expecting something earnestly, it'll cause a supply of the Spirit to come. I'm going to challenge you to come Sunday morning expecting. Maybe you say, I already do. Well, expect on another higher level. Expect more. And I'm expecting you to be expecting. And you can expect me to be expecting. Hallelujah. Acts 3, 5. I've talked about this before. This is at the gate, beautiful, where the man that was uh, lame. And he said, uh, And, uh, Peter and John came by and he he asked for an alm or something. He begged. I don't know if he shook his little cup or what he did. And they said, Well, you know, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I they. But first, before they said that, it said, They said, Look on us. Hey, there's that eye contact. Look at us. Look on us. And and, and he the Bible says he that he looked at them expecting to receive something. Hallelujah. So you may come in expecting a word of knowledge, and that may not be what comes, but if you'll just expect something, something will come. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Number five how to draw, be a responder. One thing you got to love about the black church is they're responders. And brother, no, well, you know, I can tell you we're not responding enough. You know, Brother Win kind of told us that, didn't he? He kinda I was listening to that C D and it's like, you know, come on, make me feel welcome. Come on, you know. I don't know. He may he may have been preaching in black churches because I know those British are stuffy over there. Hallelujah. So I doubt it's them that he but he wanted somebody to give him some feedback. Somebody, we need to be ameners. Say I'm an Amener. Hallelujah. Are you It doesn't have to be amen. It can be yes. Come on, preach it. Uh, that's right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, anything coming out of your mouth positive. And then be a nodder. Say, I'm a nodder. Not nodding off to sleep. Nodding in agreement. Hallelujah. I'm a hand raiser. Say, I'm a hand raiser. Hallelujah. Everybody go like this. Hallelujah. When you really think that something's good in the service, go ahead and go like that. I like to do that. And if you want to, I, I, I'd love it. I, I've got me a little white handkerchief. I hadn't been bringing it late. There's Miss Jean. Just Whoa. If you'd wave your hand, pine- Miss Jean, if you'd do that on Sunday, pastor would bust a gut. Right he, He'll run for a handkerchief wave. And you know in, in now, and I even saw this on Joyce Meyer today, but in the black church, they don't mind standing up and, and, and telling hallelujah and giving it a little glory. And even at Joyce Meyer's meeting, somebody stood up and was there you know, and you know, she's got 15 million people in that congregation. She probably didn't even know it, but hallelujah. We'll notice here. Thank you, Jesus. And if somebody, hey, you know, one of you that's kind of very dignified, if you do it, if you're the one. Now, if Rita runs, we get excited, but we don't get just overwhelmed. But when the dignified, if Barry jumps out of the sound booth and makes a laugh, the glory will fall. Bring it, brother. Hallelujah! Say I'm a runner. I am a runner. Hallelujah! Or or and if you can't run anymore, I heard this that Jerry Savelle now has a designated runner. He if he gets excited, he not think he can't run anymore. He says, "Leanne, run!" Hallelujah! I'm really excited. God's blessing. Leanne, run! Hallelujah! Glory! Uh, uh, say I'm a hand raiser. I'm a i am jump up. And I'm a shouter. Shatter. Hallelujah. You know, uh, there, there's a reason Brother Hagin used to say, now don't shout me down just because I'm preaching real good. There must have been a time when somebody shouted the preacher down so much he couldn't even preach. Hallelujah. wonder what would happen in here if we did that. I just Let's just try it. I tell you what, let's try it for a month. And if nothing changes, we'll just go back to being stodgy. Hallelujah. Would that be okay? Could we try it for a month? You know, I'm kind of like those lepers. Why sit we here till we die? Uh, bro- a brother Mick Wigglesworth, you said, if the Holy Ghost don't move, I move the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Okay, number six, decide to eat. De- de- no, excuse me, decide to, hung- decide to be hungry and decide to eat. You know, you you have if you've been fasting, you have to decide to be hungry. Now, I know none of you know this, but if you will fast just a couple of days or even two or three meals, by about the fourth meal, you're not even hungry. I know that's a new concept, but I've actually had that happen before. Rarely, but it has. And uh, Matthew 5, 6 said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Say this with me, I just decided... To be hungry hungry. for the Word Word. and for the Holy Ghost. Ghost. So we can decide to be hungry, and we can just decide to eat. The more that you eat, the more you will grow. Do y'all believe that? Have you ever tried that in the natural? Uh, Just wait till after Christmas, and you will know that I spoke the truth. The more you eat, the more you can eat. It stretches the stomach out, it does. Hallelujah. And the hunger, the more you eat, the hungrier you get. That is so true with the Word of God. Because even on vacation, I've proved it sometimes before. I try really not to do this, but, and I always read my Bible, try to do that, but, but sometimes you just don't feed as much on the Word of God, and it doesn't take but two or three days till I'm not as hungry. And, and kind of don't even really want to. I lose my want to. The less I pray, the less I want to pray. The more I pray, the more I want to pray. And the easier it is to pray. Hallelujah. And so you just have to re... If you go on a vacation and you lose it, you've got to reprime the pump. And you do that by force-feeding. You force-feed the Word. Just like if you had a sickness and then you got healed, you would have to make yourself want to eat. Because if you hadn't been eating in a while, I mean, you would just have to eat even though you didn't want to, and eventually you'd start wanting to. Hallelujah. John 4:14, 4, "But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. We have to be drinkers. We have to drink. We have to come to church and drink. OK, Number seven, another way that we uh, uh, draw on the anointing is faith. We just flat use our faith. We draw by releasing faith. We would release our faith for our needs to be met. We release our faith, Lord, I'm going to hear from heaven today, especially the more desperate you are. I know our piano player said, God, I have to hear from you tonight. And that's, you know what? You come in when we have a guest speaker and you say, bless God, if he speaks to anybody, he'll speak to me. I got to have a word. You get a little desperation in you, but if you're just passive, well, let's just see what happens. You know, you probably won't get nothing. Hallelujah. The more desperate, desperation makes the Holy Ghost move a lot. Hallelujah. Okay. So we release our faith. We need to pray during service for other people's needs to be met in that service. You know, be be a watcher in a prayer. You can tell when people have needs. You can tell when people have attitudes that aren't right and they need prayer. Hallelujah. We talked about how they don't know yet how to draw. Number eight. Here's the last, not the last, next to the last, way to, to, to draw on the Draw from the wells of salvation. Stay in the game until the game is over. We could learn that from, bro- uh, sorry, say like Brother Sabin. From Brother Sabin. <laughs> Brother Saban teaches the football players oh, if you want to make him mad, quit at the first of the third quarter. I don't care if it's 52 to nothing in their favor. You better not quit or he's going to be mad. And don't quit till you're driving on to 82. Stay in the game. Somebody may approach you in the parking lot. Don't quit. Some people can't talk to the preacher, but they'll talk to you. So be available and stay in the game until the game is over. Don't be a clock watcher and don't be shutting down on us. Hallelujah. Ah, Hallelujah. I know I've done that before. And I repent, Lord, for being a Bible shutter. Okay, it's over. And what's even worse is a Bible zipper. <laughs> Pam, I'm going to slap you if you don't quit twisting your hair. Hallelujah. <laughs> Y'all are getting rowdy. Uh, okay, we're going to have to end this. Okay, number nine, this is last. The last thing about how to draw from wills of salvation is honor. We have to have an honoring attitude. The Bible talks so much about honor. The Bible tells us to honor God the Father. You know, we need to honor not just God the Father, but God the Son and God the Holy Ghost. There's a trinity there. And let me tell you something, it takes all three. If God the Father could have got it done by Himself, there wouldn't have been God the Son and God the Holy Ghost. But it takes all three, and we need to honor all three. And that means we tell all three we love Him. I love you, Holy Ghost. I love you, Jesus. I love you, my Father. And praise you, Lord. And glory, you know, just what that's an honoring attitude. And, uh, you know, we have an honoring attitude in service, being careful not to grieve the Holy Ghost or quench the Holy Ghost. If you quench the Holy Ghost, you're going to grieve Him. And if you grieve the Holy Ghost, it's going to quench the Holy Ghost. You can't do one without the other. Quench means to stop the Spirit from moving. Put a stop to it. Sometimes we can do that by being clock watchers or, or arm folders, you know. You know, brother uh, pastor brother Hagen used to say, if you can't if you can't uh, if you can't uh, if you can't go with me, at least put it in neutral. You know, if you can't get in faith, put it in neutral. So at least stay in neutral. Hallelujah. Say, but I'm but I'd rather you put it in drive, hallelujah. And and help us pull, draw. And so we honor and we, we, don't, we don't quench the Spirit. We don't let our kids either. Train them from a young age. Don't let them disturb other people. I've seen my own grandkids do this uh, not in a long time, but when they were little, i tell you something that disturbs other people is when you let your little kid... You know, I know we say, but they're just little. But when you let them face the back. Now, I mean, that's a distraction when some little kid's looking at you, especially if they're going... And, you know, you're trying to worship God. And then sometimes it's just a distraction because they're so blooming cute. You know, you put your baby up on your shoulder and they're so cute that nobody in the church can even think about Jesus. Hallelujah. Or, or the other way around. I guess it could be. I mean, we've never had one. We just have anointed babies in here and they're cute. But you could have one that was a distraction. Hallelujah. For a lot of reasons. Some of y'all are slow. <laughs> I can just say that. <laughs> or, or they're chewing their gum. You know, we don't need to let our kids be a, a, a griever of the Holy Ghost. Let's teach them to respect, teach them to respect God's property. You know, we call the we did that Christian school. This was God's grass. We don't have grass here that we care about, but we had a grass patch there, and Pastor wouldn't even let the Christian school's kids walk across that piece of grass. That was God's grass. Now we had a playground; they could, but there was no grass on that playground because they had beat it all off, and that's why he wouldn't let them. And so you stayed on the sidewalk. You didn't walk across God's grass. And if you saw a piece of paper. And, and about twice a day, we, everybody, we said, okay, everybody pick up goobers. I don't know why we called it that. And they would clean all the every bit of trash that was laying around that they saw. And if they found money, because Christian school kids were always finding money. Any money found, it was God's money. Don't you pick up a quarter off the floor here and put it in your pocket. You find the offering bucket. Teach your kids, that's God's money. You found it, that ain't yours. You know, take that gum out of their mouth. Boy, those ushers at Creflo Dollar's church, they'll slap that gum out of your mouth. They'll scare the liver out of you. I've been there. I had a mint in my mouth. This usher walked up to me with a Kleenex, and it's like, spit it out. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said, you know, whew. Yeah, they're serious about it over there. And you spit. When they say spit, you spit. Hallelujah. Boy, I went to church in Montgomery, Alabama, and I wanted to change seats. I wasn't comfortable. Boy, those ushers just... Whew, on you over there at Christian Life. Hallelujah. They, they don't want you changing seats. Don't you move. Hallelujah. We may not be quite that strict. There may come a day when we are, but we still need to have an attitude we're not going to grieve God, grieve the Holy Ghost. We're going to have a real respect for Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hate gum in the church. Because it gets on the carpet and under the chairs and, you know, it's nasty. Mints, that's why we sell mints. We don't care how many you eat. Hallelujah. Eat the whole pack. Eat the mintos. Pull all your uh, fillings and your crowns off with Mentos. Hallelujah. I know because I have pulled a crown off before. Okay. We know we got to honor our father and mother. The Bible talks about honoring our father and mother. Hallelujah. we got to honor kings. First Peter 2.17 says, Honor all men. Have an a- honoring attitude one towards another. Hallelujah. Not having cliques. I had a pastor this week to tell us they had a clique in their church. And I th- was thankful to say we don't have a clique in our church. Amen. I'm so thankful. Y'all are precious. Hallelujah. Everybody just loves everybody, and, and we don't gang up in little, one little group and talk and ignore everybody else, and hallelujah. Let's keep it that way. Amen. Amen. So, hallelujah. Love the brotherhood. Love each other. Fear God. Honor the king. we got to have a honor towards the, the government leaders, our governor and, and President Obama. Don't, we don't have to like them, but we have to honor them, and we have to love everybody. Hallelujah. Uh, we, don't, we don't have to agree, but we can have an honoring attitude. I don't like it when somebody says something crude or crass about the president or about uh, uh, anybody. I don't like that. And I don't like it when our president says something crude and crass about Benjamin Netanyahu either. I didn't like it. I didn't like it none. That was uncalled for. And so he doesn't have an honoring attitude, but that don't mean I can't, don't have one. And I will have one. Hallelujah. Uh number uh, under that same honor we honor uh pastors and fivefold ministry gifts. The Bible says let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. That means the pastor we have a double honor attitude towards all ministers. Hallelujah. Listen, we ought to have a more honoring attitude towards ministers than we do even towards the president of the United States or some government official. Hallelujah. Just in our heart, just having that attitude of honor, and that means we don't call them little Nicky names and you know and 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 he won't think you're honoring him if you call him Mike. I know that's not he won't like that. So that won't be honoring. He's not Mike. Hallelujah. He's Michael, our pastor, our reverend or brother, brother's fine, pastor's fine, mister's fine, hallelujah, but we ought to have an attitude like that. And then in our, and just in our hearts though, it's not so much about what we say, it's the attitude of our heart. I am thankful to say that that is a really strong point about Word of Life Church, is having an honoring attitude towards pastor and myself and the guest ministers that come in. I've never been ashamed of how you know, now I'm not saying we hadn't bloopered and, man, they, we forgot and didn't get their code or something like that. I know we could improve on, on some things, but I believe the attitude is that we want to honor, we want to serve. We want to be a blessing. I think that shows up in the offerings. I believe it shows towards guest ministers. I, I'm, I'm proud of this church and how we honor uh, the five-fold ministry. We can always improve on anything, but uh, that, it's a blessing. Hallelujah. Well, that's all about how to draw. But if we do those things, we'll get more. God will entrust us with more. Pastor, come and receive the tithes and offerings.